The following program has been brought to you by Rolling Press, a family-run, eco-friendly printing company. For more information, visit rollingpress.com. You're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.org, a nonprofit, member-supported radio station. We're millions strong, with folks tuning in from over 200 countries. We are education. We are entertainment. We are the future of food. May is our membership drive. Become a member and support us while receiving e-newsletters, advanced invites, special discounts, and a membership card. We need your support. Visit our website and click the donate button to become a member today. Thank you for believing in us, and enjoy the show. Episode 70. Seven zero. We are seniors now. How time flies. I can't believe it. And yet we're both still 21. You look great. You as well. Thank you so much. It's a beautiful spring day. It is Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. Which is us. You know, a holiday that I hold near and dear to my heart growing up in Phoenix and loving Mexican food. I know nothing about actually what Cinco de Mayo means, um, which makes me feel kind of bad about myself. So I, I read about it today. Do you know anything about it? And what did you learn? I, I, I know the very blurry memories I have of Cinco de Mayo's past. Perhaps I should say Cinco's de Mayo. Cinco's de Mayo. Uh, which just involved a lot of beer and a lot of tacos. What did you learn? I, I learned that it, it is, it's celebrating a, a battle, uh, the Battle of Puebla. So it's predominantly celebrated in Puebla and other parts of Mexico, not throughout Mexico. But I think that the main the main celebration is in the U.S. I, w- one of the main celebrations is at Roberta's today because they've opened the back. And let me tell you, it is a buzzing. If anybody hears thumping bass, that that would be Roberta's thumping. Uh, sounds like mariachi music right now. It does. I think they have tacos and what is this? This looks like sopapillas and and all of that. Anyway, aside from that, I'm Jesse Kiefer. Oh, and I'm Jen Tullick. This is the morning after. Yes, it is. We have a full house today. We have the entire family from Jeepney, right? Jeepney and Maharlika Maharlika right now. Nicole Ponseca, Enzo Lim, Noel Cruz, and Thomas De Los Reyes. Welcome to the morning after, guys. Uh, uh, With the Filipino accent, Tomas. Tomas, okay. That's right, that's right. Uh, So... This is like a sexier partridge family. (laughs) (laughs) Much tanner, for sure. Yes, I'm digging it. Asian version. So we're going to talk to them. We're going to talk to them about their their two stars at Jeepney. We're going to talk to them about Guga Muga and just, I guess, this Filipino scene in in New York City. Uh, Looking forward to that. Also, later in the show, what have we got? Oh, man. We got a righteous Chardonnays today. So... uh, I was having some some 90s nostalgia, which we do weekly with Chardonnays, but specifically I was having 90s vacation nostalgia. And uh, I was thinking about all of the terrible places our our parents had us frequent as uh, children of the 90s on vacation. And I was thinking, you know, Planet Hollywood was really where it was at. And I have some fond memories of going to a couple of them, Hard Rock Cafe and Planet Hollywood. So we're going to visit Chardonnays at Planet Hollywood later on in the show. I remember thinking Planet Hollywood was cool because they had perfume in the bathroom. Oh, yeah. They were soups classy. Not only did they have perfume in the bathroom, but if I recall correctly, the one in Dallas had a naked, uh, anat- anatomically correct statue of Sylvester Stallone, which really had my mother in a tizzy. Oh my God! Yeah, <laughs> she it had her conservative hands her way and quite a twist in 1997. I'll tell you that much. That's amazing. I hope they put that in a museum somewhere. It was on the ceiling, so you had to go out of your way to check it out. But if you just craned your neck a couple of inches, there was quite the show. Speaking of quite the show, uh, 
our favorite segment. Well, I guess second favorite. Uh huh. Or maybe they're equal. They're like two children. You can't pick one. They are. Front of house. It's your favorite story. It's front of house. It's a front of house. Front of house is our segment about the crazy events you experience as a member of the front of house. And today's first-hand account of disaster comes to us from the general and manager of Hearth and Terroir Wine Bars, overlord of the summer of Riesling, calling us from the wine bar in the sky. Paul Greco, are you there? I am here, ladies. How are you? Hey, Paul. <laughs> I'm doing well. So, Paul, before you were in charge of, of Hearth and, and Terroir, you were at a little place called Gramercy Tavern, correct? It's a small little hamburger shack in uh, the Flatiron District, and it's, it's had some good days and some great days. But, you know, it's just it's still there. It's a good place, yeah. So so tell me about your bad day there. <laughs> well, the, the thing, the uh, romantic view that we like to put across as front of the house managers of restaurants is that everything is peachy keen, and it's all about the food, the drink, the service, the hospitality. And, and few souls uh, realize the physical plant issues that we put up with on a daily basis. And to be honest, you don't need to know our physical plant issues. But boy, did I encounter some doozies at Gramercy Tavern. And some of my peers in the industry, their memories of me at that restaurant were were of me holding a mop, taking care of floods in the men's room. And the greatest day came when I was down in my office getting ready for service at about 530 down there doing computer work and a few minutes later the intercom rang and someone said Paul there's a flood upstairs I'm like what do you mean there's a flood upstairs like Paul get up here there's a flood I go upstairs my dress shirt tie tucked in the whole thing and lo and behold in the bathroom of Gramercy Tavern the men's room just offset from the uh, wood burning grill there is water just spilling out into the tavern area I'm like what the frick And I turn the corner, and there's about an inch opening underneath the door. Before I open, I'm like, what could possibly be causing this amount of water? There's no way it's a urinal. There's no way it's a sink. And I open the door, and there's two inches of standing water. And there's two bathroom stalls. One door is closed. I could sense, I could hear that someone was in there. And the other one, door is closed, and it sounded like Niagara Falls was erupting. And being Canadian, you, you know Niagara and start, Falls. And I start pounding on the door, wondering who could possibly in, be in there, and what, pray tell, what bodily function is happening that caused ruckus. And lo and behold, I, it was a slatted door. I bent down to look in there. There was no one in there, but I could see that flow of water coming from the wall. I open the door and lo and behold, the toilets that we had were not sitting on the floor. They were attached into the wall. Someone, for some reason, had apparently stood on the toilet and started pounding their foot on top of the water line that comes up into the toilet. Broke it. Water is now flowing out of this broken pipe and it is just a mass of water. I run out of there thinking, holy, I'm going to curse now. Holy shit. What am I supposed to do about this? I'm running around downstairs trying to think, where's the water cutoff valve? No one knew where it was. The GM of the restaurant was out. Tom Colicchio wasn't there. I would never call Danny Meyer about this. I finally leave cell phone messages for all involved, and they all came back. No one knew where the water cutoff valve was for the restaurant. 
It took us two hours to wait for a plumber to show up. In the meanwhile, we had created a dam around the toilets. There was six inches of standing water. There was so much water on the floor, it had started to seep through the floor. It was raining in our pastry station, locker room, prep kitchen, office down in the basement. It was a nightmare supremo. Paul, how, how, how did you recover? You there? I'm sorry. I'm here. I was, I was wondering how you... So service continued through this? Of course we continued with service. <laughs> I guess the guests saw the water. Their experience was exactly the same, save for the fact that they had to go across the street to Veritas to use the bathroom. But other than that... <laughs> Gramercy Tavern remained open for business. I love that Veritas. That's how you roll in these circumstances. Veritas became the bathroom, the bathroom go-to <laughs> when you for Gramercy yep. Tavern. That's so poetic. Oh, Paul, thank you. That's amazing. Paul, are you at the Highline oh. right now? I'm sorry. Are you at the Highline right now? Yeah, Highline kicking ass. So that means Highline is open for business. Where's the uh, the yes, entrance? And, and, and thank God we are. 11 feet above the surface roads because if there's ever a flood up there, it will flow down onto 10th Avenue. I won't have to stand in standing water anymore in my life. Paul, thank you for calling us from the wine bar in the sky. My pleasure, ladies. Have a great afternoon. Bye, Paul. We're going to take a break here on the morning after. We're going to come back with the crew from Jeepney and uh, Mahalaka. You are listening to Lung by Iggy Dean on the Heritage Radio Network.org. Today's program has been brought to you by Rolling Press. Rolling Press is a family-run commercial offset print house that brings together environmentally friendly methods, ethical practices, and personalized service. Founded in 1998 by Eugene Lee and his father, Cam Lee, Rolling Press represents the harmony of traditional craftsmanship and green technology. Rolling Press prints using soy and vegetable inks, uses a variety of certified and recycled papers, and they incorporate a chemical-free production process. For more information, visit rollingpress.com. We're back here on the morning after in studio. They brought the whole family, um, the crew from Jeepney and uh, Mahalarka. Can you guys just introduce yourselves for me? Oh, hi. I'm Nicole Panseca, and uh, I'm one of the partners at Mahalarka and also at Jeepney. Hey, what's up? This is Tomas de los Reyes, uh, one of the partners at Jeepney. Noel Cruz, Jeepney. Uh, Enzo Lim over here with Mahalarka and Jeepney. Now, t- 
tell me tell me about how uh, how Jeepney and Maharlika got started. I know Maharlika was uh, was a pop up because I remember by living in the East Village that that was some that's been that the space that it's in now is like a million weird things. Right. So so tell me how you how you guys kind of got the idea to get it started. Well, Enzo and I met way back in like 2003 and were was really honing in on the Filipino food movement and. It was our dream to put it on the map. Um, there weren't any Filipino restaurants in the United States or even in the Philippines that was repping modern Filipino food. And so we were trying so many different ways to get it started. You know, we thought about doing a food truck. I mean, I have my notes from everything, but the fastest way to get started seemed to be a pop-up. You know, it was really innovative to get the business started without having to wait for a million dollars. And uh, we started in a restaurant called Resto Leon. Uh, over oh, on yeah. and it's now Ducks. Got it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we went up to them and we were like, "Hey, we know you're closed on Saturday and Sunday brunch. Can we take over?" And they were like, "What is this uh, Filipino brunch?" <laughs> you know, so they were so like skeptical, and a lot of people were. No one has seen Filipino food, and yet we're the fastest growing minority. And uh, I was recently invited to uh, Obama's house. Really? Yeah. You? Yeah, and then they said that Filipinos are amongst the highest educated and highest income of all growing minorities, and yet we have no representation in government or much less even in food. So it was our mission. We got it started, and then within the third weekend, it was like a three-month wait for a res and a two-hour wait for a table, and it just went gangbusters from there. We were able to meet Noel within like the first week, and he hopped on board with us. And then Tomas, we met as well before he left for a Filipino, a Philippine trip. And we've always kept in touch. And everyone about this was financial, yes, we want to be, you know, gazillionaires and make money and do right. But ultimately, it was all of our love about being Filipino and knowing, as all service uh, vets, all of us have been in the business for a while, that it was time. And without fusion, without, you know, without... <laughs> you know, watering it down with other culture, it was 100% what we call Pinoy. The equivalent of like Boricua or, you know, like sure. a, a short-term name to say Filipino. So what what is modern Filipino cuisine? Noel, on the ones and twos. What is modern Filipino cuisine? Uh, well, that's a, that's a hard one because really since it's such an underrepresented, which is now getting representation, um, ethnic cuisine... We're kind of we're just bringing forth, we're putting forward exactly what we know we grew up with, um, all the traditions of the Philippines, definitely the the flavors for sure. But we're uh, the modern aspect, I guess, is using better techniques. Not that historically there aren't good techniques, mm-hmm. but from what, what we know, better you know sourcing better ingredients, whether it be local, you know, um, well you know source source from a um, a better. I guess uh, sensibility. I mean, you in New York City, we have access to so much, so y- you know you have advantages, absolutely. And modern Filipino to me means, like Noel said, better ingredients, better presentation, but it also means a better front of house and taking Service. care of our customers and ambiance <laughs> and making it an experience. You know, we're sitting in one of arguably one of the um, best restaurants in New York City, Roberta's, and it's more than just pizza, right? It's about a vibe, it's about a culture, and that's what we do with uh, Maharlika and Jeepney, too. So. so you are representing some of the, the classic dishes uh, at both restaurants, correct? Yes, absolutely. Yes. The, at Maharlika, I would say, people always ask, what's the difference between Maharlika and Jeepney? Maharlika, she's like, 
I would say she's the sister. She's the beauty queen. You know, it's all the top ten classics. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeepney is like your raucous little brother who gets away with fucking everything. <laughs> like, pardon my French. <laughs> Whoops, with everything. Sorry. And and he gets away with it. And he gets away with it with good reason because he's solid and he has a good conscience and all this stuff. So there is a, there is a big difference between both restaurants. Sorry, FCC. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we don't. We don't. Don't worry about okay. that. Don't worry about that. So. You gotta tell me about Balut. Uh, Wait, somebody's gotta yell it though. Okay, one, two, three. Balut! Balut! <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm my ears. We just destroyed everyone's ears. That's amazing. Sorry. We'll, we'll, try, to t- we'll try to bring that, that level down, Joe, right? Anyway, I asked for it though. Tomas, you wanna take this? Yeah. Why do we yell it? And what is it? Well, Balut, first of all, was. Um, what's it? basically a half hatch duck egg and uh and it's it's a wide street delicacy in southeast asia but for me it's very filipino uh i grew up watching my dad torment us as kids <laughs> with it did it freak you out um, yeah well tell everybody bit. why it would freak you out well it's a little bird and egg I mean, it's it's not just it's not just an egg. There's there's you know little little legs. Yeah, well, it's feathers. it's all the little it's all the little things you would see in a little bird. It's like, but so the, not really fully the, developed. The components as a, a soup. There's the egg white and egg yolk, and then what we lovingly call at the restaurant, et. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is the little creature inside. Yeah, but you know what? It's actually pretty damn good. It is. It's I, delicious. I, and I'm sure it's super protein rich. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Absolutely. In the Philippines, they actually call it Viagra, too. So, okay. So, if we cut it out, really, balut is a snack. It's a street vendor food. You know, when we were trekking through the Philippines, we went for three months to learn the cuisine really in its heart and soul. And uh, we'd watch guys put back 20 in a karaoke bar. And it was insane. But... But all jokes aside, for a third world country, it's a great source of protein, really inexpensive. And then out of that comes like this really quirky food that, on a side note, without people like Mario Batali or April, Broomfl- April Bloomfield, who show us like weird foods can be uh, enjoyed and honored, mm-hmm. I don't think Filipino food would have met the success it's been meeting now if we did it even eight years ago, no matter if we were all involved. Everything right. happens for a reason. So at the restaurant, we, we honor Balut. We don't shy away from it. And in fact, every time someone orders it, we scream it out just like they do in the streets of Manila. And you see, it's, it's the equivalent of popcorn, peanuts, but we say... Cold beer here. Balut! <laughs> so. That's amazing. I love that. I, when I ordered it, though, at, at Maharlaka, I did not actually get it yelled. We all, no, 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 only a cheapney. Okay, yeah, I the go rascally to brother oh, yeah, gets yeah, away yeah, yeah, with yeah, yeah. it. Bingo. If anyone yeah. can't tell, I am all. I always have trouble with the phonetic, like mahalaka. Mekalaka hai, here desire to get it right. That it's, it's always <laughs> forgiven. Absolutely. Well, aside from that, you guys, you know, you're you're having fun at this restaurant, but shit got serious. You got two stars at cheapney. Holler! Thank you, Pete. Two stars. Two stars. <laughs> so, how has life been since then? Well, Enzo's getting a lot more phone numbers at the bar. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> maybe, maybe one more. How has it changed for you, Enzo? 
Well, it's definitely. Not, I wouldn't say it's. It's. I'd say it's a steadier kind of busy where every night is game night. It's on all the time. So it's great. You just. It just means everybody has to be consistent, on point, all the time, every time. How many seats are at Jeepney? With the bar, forty all in, and then, and then with the backyard, the bar. Yeah. yeah. So maybe sixty. And you guys are doing what are the like the ice? Is it oh, the ice? hollow hollow? Yeah, exactly. The dessert. Wait, wait, wait. Can I say something really quick? Do you mind? Sure. Do you mind? Please go ahead. Because all these guys are vets of the service industry, and I, I kind of, I did it, but on the DL, and I'm kind of a loner. <laughs> these guys are really like very social and have a lot of friends. So I can say from an outsider perspective that the two stars meant for them like like there was a fraternity or sorority amongst all their friends in the restaurant industry that I think maybe they're bashful about or not really saying because again I'm the loner but them they have so many friends. So I really was so proud of them as like brothers that when we got the two stars yes as a restaurant tour but to see them like a sister and see all their friends like giving them high fives and whatnot that was really cool. I, I, I've been through the review process several times in the past with some of my some restaurants I've had and and in some of the restaurants I a lot of all the restaurants I've pretty much worked at mm-hmm. and my personal my personal experience has you know it, you know I'm, I'm, we missed the mark a little bit and you can you can attribute it to anything it was maybe the maybe Frank Bruni had an off day or something mm-hmm. but at the end of the day we didn't we didn't hit that pinnacle that we were shooting for and it happened in this one which was we did, we're not doing anything we don't normally do. Mm-hmm. It's not like we were shooting for gun for that, gunning for that. We just put our heads down and you know we 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 were we were um, lucky. Not even lucky. Through the hard work, we got what we deserved. You were recognized. Yeah. For what you've been doing. And I mean, I I was I was talking to Nicole earlier, and I was saying Pete Wells has seemed to to be focusing on restaurants that aren't the fine dining, like white tablecloth, and and recognizing restaurants that that maybe people wouldn't necessarily immediately expect to get two stars. Am I, am I off on that? Or? No, I, was, I mean, for me, my, my first server job in, in New York City was at the Mercer Kitchen and knowing that they were a two-star caliber restaurant and just the environment, you know, the, the, the celebrity status of Jean George. Uh, and then moving fast forward to uh, Jeepney and what we're doing with Filipino food and to see how we've come along and receiving two stars, it just just put me in a whole other frame of mind on where we are and what we've actually done for Filipino food, more even more so for Filipino culture. That, that was I was going to ask, you know, obviously you've been so well received by the restaurant community at large, but you were speaking before, you know, about being invited to, to speak with the president and, and having this sort of outcry from the community that's that's otherwise underrepresented. And I was wondering, you know, if there's been a, a dark side to that, if you've received any sort of criticism from the Filipino community about what you're doing. We call from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. the Lola hour. Yeah. And the Lola is the same as, you know, grandmother. And it is um, painted with a shade of curmudgeon. Like, what is this Filipino food? And how come you're charging this? Or what is this dish? So they're coming with skepticism. And these young kids, you know, we, we mimic their grandchildren. Like, what do they know? Right? Right. right. And 
we always say, and I know it's a cliche, but kill them with kindness. Kill it with kindness, with service, and then let the food speak for themselves. And, you know, between Tomas, Enzo, and Noel, they have new Lola fans every day that they come in. Those are the phone numbers. Those are the phone numbers. Yeah, and, and so, yeah, there is um, a modicum <laughs> of hateration in there. <laughs> But it is. It is. Then we don't. We don't meet it with like a cold shoulder. We meet it like sure. bring it on. Yeah. yeah. Hate you on need, it. Yeah. You but you're gonna. We're gonna change your mind. I think it start. means you're doing something right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's. I think that's so cool because you have, you have these two very different communities to to answer to essentially, right? right? And it sounds like both are really perking their eyes and ears up and getting really pumped about it. Yeah. You wel- you welcome when people challenge what you're doing. That means they're paying attention and Yes. Yeah. You know, That's right. Yeah. So I have one more question before we we go to break we'll, and we'll we'll come back and and we'll talk Gugamuga. But I was reading in in one of the articles about the naked ladies in the bathroom. Yeah. And when and and it's not actual naked women. It's like pl- you know, half uh, naked, half, half naked <laughs> ladies. Maybe Which maybe half? a nipple or two. Okay, two. Yeah. Yeah. two. Yeah. So uh, and and how when children arrive, you tape up the nipples. Yes. <laughs> Tell me or when, of the or, pictures, yes. Or when priests come in. Yeah. Yeah. We get a lot of Catholic priests. We, we quasi censor it. Yeah. Yeah, that's very thoughtful of you guys. I, I just was yeah. surprised that, that that there's actually an effort we, made. We yeah. bounce it out with pictures detachable, of retouchable yeah. pasties. Yeah. yeah, it's still there, but it's it's covered up a little bit. But you know, there is some controversy about it within the community. They they're like, why do you do this? But at the same time, it is totally what a jeepney's about. It's a taxi cab, and you have pinups in the back seat and. We're not sugarcoating anything. We're, it's we are we, like Don Draper would say. We're changing the conversation of what Filipino food is. So, yeah. Well, you know, we we are throwing up one of the uh, first Filipinos on Playboy. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're representing. Find. I mean, you know, we're representing okay. still. So we're gonna take a break. We're gonna come back with the crew from GPN and Mahalarka. This is the morning after. That was a good one. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Election by Iggy Dean on the Heritage Radio Network.org. HeritageRadioNetwork.org is a member-supported nonprofit organization. If you like what you're listening to, go to our website and click that donate button. Become a member and get special discounts, invites, VIP treatment, t-shirts, and more. Support us in our mission to bring you the freshest food content in the nation.
And we're back here on the morning after. Just like Jen and I and Roberta's jeepney is going to be at the Great Gugamuga in Prospect Park, May 17th, 18th, and 19th. So I want to know what you guys have planned for it. Well, we're, we're bringing back a, a crowd favorite from last year, um, which is called the Pinoy Corn. It's, um, it's a corn dish that we top with a, a mayonnaise that's been flavored with bagaong, which is a shrima- uh, fermented shrimp paste, um, and uh, a queso puti, which is a fresh cheese, and a little toasted garlic. In combination, you're going to get both. Um, um, we're also doing a, a favorite from Jeepney, which is a, a slider, a smaller version of what we do, our chori burger, which is a beef patty encrusted with longanisha, which is a sweet oh, yeah. garlic pork sausage. <laughs> um, with a little bit of uh, Maggie mayo. Maggie is kind of our soy sauce. Six it's like beef. a savory, Two you know, ounces salty condiment <laughs> that we mix into mayo. So, mayo. And we got shirts. We should get some dry ice in here. <laughs> you can read the menu like that, and we'll just... We've already got the uns in the background. It'll be perfect. Oh, um, so good. So aside from food, is there anything else you guys are repping? At yeah, we're actually... We're, you know, we're able, like, along with other uh, vendors, we're, we're, we're going to be selling our, our ever-popular uh, My Best Friend is Filipino shirt. <laughs> it's in a limited run. It's been sold out for um, almost Month. a year. Yeah. almost Seriously, we're almost a year. bringing so. it back one time only, so one go get time. it. That's amazing. My my best friend is 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 Mexican, but everyone. Oh! Oh! That burns so bad. But every, no, but everyone always asks her if so she's Filipino. We're not selling that T-shirt. Yeah. But you're good today. No. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, like you know what? I'm gonna get one that says my best friend is Filipino on the back. It says, but she looks Mexican. So we can have the converse. We can have the converse. The flip side. I tried it. My best friend is Polish T-shirt run, and it just wasn't that popular. It didn't fly. Well, I think it was a joke. <laughs> she is, but you know, it just didn't work out. Okay, I want one of those. Where? How can we? How can we get them? We need to go to Google Mood. Exactly. Yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, okay. see we'll see yeah, you there. Yeah, you will. So uh, also corn. with uh, De La Soul and the Yeah Yeah Yeahs and Darkness. See? Is yeah. that Charlie Murphy? What's Darkness? No, it's, uh, char- <laughs> Darkness is the band. Oh, the Darkness. I believe the things I have. Yeah. <laughs> Which was like that. I, 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 I don't know what they think. Charlie Murphy is someone. I'm pretty sure that's the only <laughs> thing like they say. They're going to love Murphy. every second of it. They're going to play that on repeat, yep. pretty much, because that's their only song. Be I'm nice. going to be like four corns in at that point, just <laughs> covered in mayo, oh, dancing oh, my ass off, scaring all our interviews away. Yep. <laughs> it'll be, it'll just be like another normal day. Exactly. Well, completely unlike Gugamuga and Jeepney, we have a favorite restaurant, mm-hmm. and it's a mythical one, kind mm-hmm. of like a unicorn. It's called Chardonnay's. What's on the menu with Chardonnay's? Such a great jingle. So we, uh, we're going back to Chardonnay's this week, and uh, if you've listened in the last couple of months, you know that sometimes Chardonnay's does its own form of a pop-up, and we like to visit other uh, houses of great food and wine in this fabulous country of ours. So this week, as I mentioned before, we're going to set up shop in uh, one of my favorite restaurants, a a place of fabulous delicacies and impeccable service, Planet Hollywood. So today, we are going to Planet Hollywood at Chardonnay's. And to uh, deliver the menu for us, I brought a special guest in. (laughs) 
good evening, everybody. It's a sunny Sunday in the City of Angels, and what better way to celebrate than a super sizzling meal at America's finest finery, Chardonnay's at Planet Hollywood. I'm your host, DJ Oopsie, broadcasting live from the Danny Tanner DJ booth here at Planet Hwood, and boy, do we have a special night planned for you and your exhausted kids on the last day of your vacation. Tonight's first course today is a deep-fried basket of Danny DeVito jalapeno poppers with a short side of Zesty Ranch dipping sauce. Watch out, it's so small you might trip over it. Holy Hollywood, is that Renee Zellweger? No, it's just one of our lost and lonely servers here to make your day feel super special. Each member of our team is a guaranteed would-be starlet burnout with too many student loans and a bad Botox job. But they're fast on their feet and eager to please. Comes course two. It's a Nicole Squidman seafood platter, complete with a Nick Charter sauce. And for you messy dudes and dudettes, a complimentary Leslie Bibb. Wowzers, that looks good. If you haven't had a chance to look up, take a moment to admire our ceiling mural painted by our very own sous chef Eduardo. Check it out. This one-of-a-kind beauty features portraits of Hollywood heavy hitters we've lost to the sea. There's Natalie Wood. Good God, it looks just like her. Yikes! How much time did that kill? It's already time for dessert. Here comes Heather with your towering inferno chocolate flambe. That shit is actually on fire. Everybody hold on to your bags. Well, it's been a real treat having you here at Chardonnay's at Planet Hollywood. We hope to see you back here next year for another fun-filled night of fun. So pack up the Previa and feed the kids some Benadryl. It's time to go on home. I'm DJ Oopsie. Till next time. Wow. Sounds, sounds like it might be tasty. I mean, it's a meal that we've all had. I may not be able to recover after <laughs> Oopsie. That was amazing. Please get some Benadryl. That's what my parents always did. Or Dramamine. Really? Yeah. My mom would just be like, do y'all want some Dramamine in a Sprite? <laughs> and we were like, well, actually, we know. <laughs> I sleep for eight hours. This has been a wonderful show. It has been a great show. This, I gotta say, to this is again. like top three. This is amazing. This might be my favorite show of all time. You guys have such a cool wow. energy. I can't wait to eat your food. The Filipino family yeah. is here. <laughs> we are definitely going to seek you out at Gugamuga, and we'll talk to you guys uh, about what's happening. Yeah. And I- let us know where we can we can find your food. Uh, we are Jeepney at First Avenue and 12th Street, and uh, Maharlika. At Maharlika. First, thank you. At First Avenue and 7th. So. And uh, can we find out anything further about you online? Yeah, we are active on Facebook. Our hashtag is 50 Shades of Brown. <laughs> and it's Jeepney NYC. Thank you. And Maharlika NYC. Love it. Well, we're uh, Jesse and Jen of the Morning After on Heritage Radio. As we play out here, can you give us one last final... Uh... Balut? Yeah. Wait, final is, balut. The, is he ready? The audience... Audio's ready for Balut? Okay, we're going to do it. Three. One, two, three. We just got an order. Three. Balut! Woohoo! This is the morning after. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.